Hello and welcome to this message from the room. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the Turn with me in your Bibles to two passages of Scripture. First from Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1 beginning with verse 18. And then also 1 Peter chapter 4 beginning in verse 14. Romans chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 4. And uh, we're going to continue our preaching series that I started last week called Hot Topics. And we're just talking about different things that are uh, relevant to the times that we're living in. And... uh, Last week we talked about shifting morality. We talked about how there has been this overall shift in the moral center of of our country. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that we stray away from the absolute authority of God's word. We must understand, if, if you take nothing away from what I'm saying to you today, please take away this, that the word of God must be the absolute authority in our lives. It must be the backdrop from which every decision we make is based. It, there, there, there has to be a, a place that we go to that we find the answers when our feelings are not in line with that, when we don't understand perhaps what to do. The Word of God is absolute in that it directs our steps and it keeps us moving towards God and His perfect will and plan for our lives. The Word of God is vital to each and every Christian walk. Somebody ought to say amen to that. When we lose that, we've lost everything. It is the center Focus. It's the place that we go to. It is the the written mind, will, and intellect of God. It is the desires of His heart for humanity. And so if we want to understand God, we must be in His Word. And so I said, you know, last week when we compromise the Word of God, everything is compromised. And, And I believe that with all my heart. We talked about how the Word of God must be the ultimate decision maker in your life. It has to be the ultimate final authority for every decision we make. We talked about living unashamed. Of God's word. We don't need to apologize for what God has said in His Word. We don't need to try to water that down. We don't need to be embarrassed of, of, of His plan and His purpose and His precepts and His principles. All of those things are, are meant to protect us and to provide for us. And that's what His Word is about. And we talked about living rooted in God and His Word. We want to stop the shift of morality. It means that we must be anchored in the Word of God. That's the only thing that holds us in place. And so last week as we talked about that necessity of staying in the Word and living by the Word. I I just cannot express that enough to the church, especially in the seasons that we're living in. We must stay centered in the Word of God. You have got to be in the Word, church. You have got to be reading the Word of God. There is a lot of deceptive things in the world. There are a lot of deceptive voices in the world. And if you don't have the Word of God as your center, as your moral compass, then you're going to fall victim and prey to those deceiving things in the world. So many people are watering down the things 
of the Word, and they are desecrating the Word of God to fit their own desires. We see that. Uh, this is not a passage I ask you to turn to, but it's on the screen for you. Uh, in 2 Timothy 4.3, he talks about this. He says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to fables. We're living in that time that Timothy is referring to, that Paul's referring to when he writes to Timothy. And, and we're living in those days where if you don't like something that the Word of God says, you have some options. You can either water it down or you can change it and that becomes acceptable in a society that we're living in. But it's not acceptable and it's not okay. We have to understand that God's ways are higher than our ways. His knowledge is greater than our knowledge. His, His understanding is greater than our understanding and we have to trust Him that He knows what is best for us. And so I give a warning to everybody in the room today. Two warnings. First of all, you have to read the Bible for yourself. You need to be in the Word yourself. And the second thing I would say to you as a church today is that you be careful who you let teach you the Word of God. Read it for yourself and be careful who you let teach you the Word of God. Not every book at a Christian bookstore is good for you. Not every preacher that is on the radio is good for you to listen to. Not everybody that has a sermon tape out is somebody that you ought to be listening to. And the only way you're going to know the difference between who you should listen to and who you shouldn't listen to is if you read the Word yourself. Amen. And so I'm just telling you, there's a lot of preachers out there that will preach whatever you want to hear, however you want to hear it. That's not this church. That's not, that's not this preacher. I'm going to preach what I believe strongly that the Word of God says. But I'm just saying we've got to guard our hearts and minds. You are responsible for that. And the only way you're going to know the truth from a lie is if you read the Word for yourself. Amen? So today I want to talk to you about the results when we depart from the Word. What happens to a culture? What happens to a society? When we start making decisions based on other means besides the moral center of the Word of God. And so in Romans 1.18 and 1 Peter 4.14, it gives us a really good picture of, I believe, where we are right now in the timeline of history. It really hits the bullseye describing the world around us. And so today I want to share three things from those passages that I feel are timely and things that the church needs to take notice of. And so this morning I want to preach to you on the topic of God's judgment. God's judgment something that we hear often talked about a lot uh, I see posts and social media talking about God's judgment. I see Christians, I hear Christians talking about God's judgment. Let's, let's put that in line with what the Word says this morning. Will you help me do that? Let's pray and ask God's blessing. Father, we need your help this morning. We need your understanding. We need your direction, God. We need to know how to operate in the world that we're living in, Father. Lord, to be light and salt in that world, in that darkened world. You've given us an opportunity, Lord, to shine bright and to be a beacon, Lord, of hope and change in the lives of people. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to understand how to do that to the best of our ability. Help us to understand where we are so that that moves us to the place of action. We ask your blessing, your anointing upon this service this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before I get to our passage, I also want to say this, that this church's purpose is to be a house of deliverance for whatever struggles people have. 
the church's purpose, every church's purpose, but I can only speak specifically about this church. Our purpose is to be a house of deliverance for whatever struggles people have. And so it doesn't matter what they're struggling with or what uh, lifestyle they found themselves in. We want it very clear that they're welcome to come here. We want them here. We want this to be a place that accepts people and loves people and moves people from the place that they are to the place that God intends for them to be. And that's what the purpose of this church is. We don't care what the sin is. What we do care about is seeing people set free from it. Whatever their sin is, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for it. Whatever their struggle is, I believe that he, he worked deliverance at the cross so that they didn't have to live with it and live bound by it. That he can set them free if they choose it. And so that is our position. And that's one we always want to keep on the forefront of our minds. So let's get into our passage this morning. Verse 18. My first point I want to make to you more this morning is a departure from God's word always releases judgment. A departure from God's word always releases judgment. We see that in verse 18 uh, in Romans. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against what? All ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. When we talk about God's judgment, we always think of an Old Testament picture of a God casting fire from heaven, smiting people left and right, just annihilating anyone who, who comes against him. And I think that the, that the church has been guilty oftentimes about presenting that picture uh, of God and only giving a one-sided uh, uh, picture of a God we serve. The God we serve that has came in the New Testament has brought and ushered in a time of grace, a time for people to make right the things that are wrong in their lives. He came to die so that people could be set free. He did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be set saved. That's his purpose. And so oftentimes when we talk about that judgment, we get this picture in our minds. When he's talking here about the wrath of God or the judgment of God, we see judgment here as sentencing. Sentencing a person to an end. When in actuality it refers to the consequences of our sin. Again, I hear a lot of Christians talking about the judgment of God, how God is not going to tolerate sin much longer. And I agree in part with that thinking. I do. But I think it's only part of the picture. I think that there is coming a day, yes, when God will fully remove His hand from this earth and leave humanity to their own devices. But I don't believe that that day is today. I believe that we are still living in the time of grace. We're still living in the time, the dispensation, if you will, of the church where God is using the church to redeem mankind and to bring people into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. While the church remains here, God's judgment is restrained. There's going to come a day, we believe it's called the rapture, when Jesus is going to return and He's going to take this church, the church out of the picture. And at that point, the the restraining force of the Holy Spirit, the working power of the Holy Spirit, is going to be removed to the point that that the world is left to its own devices. And then the full judgment of God, yes, will be poured out. There's no question about that. But we're not living in the days of God's judgment being poured out from heaven in the sense that we oftentimes picture it. 
What we're living in is days where the wrath of God is revealed because of the consequences of our actions and our refusal to acknowledge God in many areas of our lives. The consequences of our sin is what he's referring to. And it is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. The consequences of our departure from God is revealed in the lifestyles and in the choices of people who have chosen to do it their own way rather than God's way. Because here's the deal, when we leave God's word, when we leave God's protection and His divine order, when we do that, we walk in ungodliness. What is ungodliness, Pastor? Ungodliness is simply this. It's a refusal to let God direct my steps. Ungodliness is to say that I know what's best for me better than God knows what's best for me. And I don't need God in my life telling me how to live a productive, fruitful life. I can do that on my own. That's ungodliness. He goes on to say, And unrighteousness. What's unrighteousness, Pastor? It's a refusal to acknowledge that He has a divine order. That God has a way of doing things. That if we will operate in God's way, everything else will operate alongside with that. When we operate against God, we're operating against everything in our lives that is good, everything that is right, everything that can bring blessing to us, we are operating against God's plan and God's perfect will. Verse 18 goes on to talk about God's judgment or sin's consequences are revealed against those who what? Who suppress the truth with unrighteousness. There is a great suppression of the truth going on in the world that we're living in today. The, The message Bible says it like this in verse 18, as people try to put a shroud over the truth. As people try to get rid of the truth, as people try to dismiss the truth, ultimately, all of this is a battle over authority. It's a battle over biblical authority versus humanism. Humanism, the idea that man has his own authority and that I can execute self-salvation, that I can execute self-preservation, that I can execute what is self-provision and and I can take care of myself better than God could ever take care of me. And so I don't need God in my life. I just need to dig within, deep within myself and find the means by which to be essentially my own God in my life. It's clear that not only in this world do we experience a rejection of biblical truth, but there is a hostility growing toward biblical truth to the point that its desire is to eradicate it from existence. We see this, you know, Oklahoma, I'm sure many of you have have read this, that Oklahoma right now has been in the news about the Ten Commandments being removed from in front of the courthouse or or in front of uh, one of their state buildings. Fighting over it. Why? Because we don't want to see truth. The enemy of this world is attacking biblical truth in every way, shape, and form. Why? Because he knows if he can blind the minds of the unbelievers, then he has them. No praying. You can't pray. Actually, you can pray. You just can't pray to God, to Jesus. You can't say Jesus for some reason. Why? Because there there is a desire to eradicate any kind of truth being spoken. Let's go on. I'm going to read... Uh, from, from this point on in the message Bible just because I think it gives it to us in a real practical, uh, practical way. Verse 19, reading from the message. 
He says, but the basic reality of God is plain enough. Open your eyes and there it is. The reality of God is undeniable to the point that you have to choose not to see Him. The world has in many ways chosen not to see God, chosen not to experience God, chosen to walk away from Him because He says here very clearly that that God is in everything to the point that you have to just open your eyes and see it if you want to experience Him in your situation. Reading on verse 20, by taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, people have always been able to see what their eyes as such can't see. External, eternal power, for instance, and the mystery of his divine being, so nobody has a good excuse. Psalms 14.1 says that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. There is a God today. He's still seated on the throne this morning. He's still in control over this world. He's in control of His church. And He is very much interested in being a part of your life if you will just open up your heart to Him and allow Him to direct your steps. God is alive and well. His Word guides us. His Word protects us. His Word leads us to Him. It provides for us. When we get away from His Word and the absolute authority of the Word in our lives, we move out from under His direction. We move out from under His protection. We move out from under His provision. And we move away from Him. And as a result, the consequences of that choice are released upon our lives. God's desire, God does not desire that those consequences fall on us. That is not His desire. God is not a God that is hoping to see you mess up so that He can cast judgment down on your life. That's not the God we serve. God is a God that is looking for every single opportunity to provide grace to you in every situation. His desire is to keep us from the consequences of sin. His desire is to keep us walking with Him so that He can provide and direct and give us the things that we need. That's His desire. But when we depart from His Word, we will receive the consequences of that choice. In essence, we've chosen those consequences. I think that when Christians tout God's judgment as the reason not to sin, when Christians tout God's judgment as the reason not to sin, they paint a bad picture of our God whose desire is to save us from our sin, not punish us because of it. Is there a judgment day coming? You bet there is. The Bible is very clear about that. There's two. There's one for the Christians, the judgment seat of Christ, and there's one for the lost, the great white throne judgment. Yes, those days are coming. But we are living in a day of grace. And if we truly are here with the heart of God, then we have to do everything that we can in the time that we have to try to win and and rescue as many people as possible from the grips of the enemy. Second point I want to make to you this morning is the world is experiencing the consequences of rejecting biblical truth. Now I'm going to read a lengthy passage of scripture here and take you through this, but I think that if you listen, just tell me if any of this sounds familiar to you. Romans chapter 1 verse 21. He says from the message again, What happened was this, people knew God perfectly well, but when they didn't treat Him like God, refusing to worship Him, They trivialized themselves into silliness and confusion so that there was neither sense nor direction left in their lives. Does anybody know anyone 
that is making ridiculous life choices that seem to make no sense whatsoever for their lives. It's the consequences of sin. It's it's, the consequences of moving away from the moral center of the Word of God. The God of this age, again, has blinded the minds of the unbeliever. He has helped them to shroud the truth in a lie. Verse 22, they pretended to know it all, but were illiterate regarding life. We have whole generations of people today that have no understanding of how life actually works. Simple things like how I provide for my family. It's very simple. You find a job, you get up and go to said job, and you do a good job, and you come home with money because you did a good job. Amen. But we have entire generation of people that don't understand simple concepts. Why? Because we have abandoned the Word of God that gives us just basic ways to live life. And we've bought into this ideal that there's someone out there besides God who's going to always be there to take care of me when in reality God trusts us. He, he, he puts in our hands things that we must be good stewards with. I could go on and on about that, but you, you get the picture. So many things. Relationships. Well, I don't understand why she's always... Ma- You're never home. You, you know you never spend any time with them. You know, I don't know why my kids are all messed up. You, you, when's the last time you did anything with them? Simple understandings about the basics of life. We have abandoned them as a culture. 23, verse 23. They traded the glory of God who holds the world in His hands for cheap figurines you can buy at any roadside stand. Now this is a cultural context, of course, historical context, where they used to take idols and they would trade idols for the actual God. But we have traded God for a lot of things in our world today too. We've traded God for materialism. We've traded God for self-gratification and on and on. We've just traded God and put other things in His place so many times that we've done the same thing that they're referring to here in verse 23. Verse 24. So God said in effect, look, if that's the way you want to do it, if that's what you want, that's what you get. It wasn't long before they were living in a pig pen smeared with filth, filthy inside out. God will eventually leave us to our own devices. God is a gentleman. He, he, he allows us the, the choice to do what we want with our lives. We have freedom of choice when it comes to God. And so God will say to us, look, this is the way you need to go. This is the best outcome for your life. But if you can't trust me with that, then just do it your own way and find out the hard way. Now, I, I am not one that is a proponent of finding things out the hard way. It's, it's miserable to find things out the hard way. But God will let us do that because some of us are so hard-headed that that's the only way we can learn. His way leads to life, but man's way always leads to destruction. Trust Him. Verse 25, And all of this because they traded the true God for a fake God. And they worshiped the God they made instead of the God who made them. The God we bless, the God who blesses us. Worse followed, refusing to know God Listen to this. They soon didn't know how to be human either. Women didn't know how to be women. Men didn't know how to be men. If you've ever found your, pl- uh, your, your place in this world uh, correlating to a place in the Bible, it's right now. Men don't know how to be men anymore. anymore. Women don't know how to be women anymore. I'm talking about in general. Why? Because we have 
forsaking the, the directing power of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God in our lives. Bruce Jenner, all of you have seen it, it's everywhere. And you can't avoid it. But here is a prime example of a man that the world is celebrating who has lost his mind. He no longer has a clue about his identity and he has no clue about who God created him to be. And so he's looking for answers through a way that the world has put in front of him as an option when in reality all you have to do is go to the feet of the master to find who you were created to be. And what's sad is he ought to be pitied but rather he is celebrated. But I would go as far to say, look, it's the church's job to pity and pray, not to condemn either. Verse 27, sexually confused. They abused and defiled one another. Women with women, men with men, all lust, no love. And then they paid for it. Oh, how they paid for it. Emptied of God and love, godless and loveless wretches. Since they didn't bother to acknowledge God, God quit bothering them and let them run loose. When we quit acknowledging the authority of God's Word, God will release us to our own devices. He will slowly remove His hand of protection off of our lives. We see that now. Sin invites more sin. Darkness invites more darkness. And this spiraling out of control continues on. Verse 29 says, Then all hell broke loose. Rampant evil, grabbing, grasping, vicious backstabbing. They made life hell on earth with their envy, wanton killing, bickering and cheating. Look at them, mean spirit, venomous. Verse 30, they kept inventing new ways of wrecking lives. We're inventing new ways of wrecking lives. Verse 32, and if it's not, it is not as if they don't know better. They know perfectly well. They're spitting in God's face. And they don't care. Worse, they hand out prizes to those who do the worst things best. Prizes to those who do the worst things best. Not to be on Bruce Jenner's case because I feel sorry for the man. But he is receiving an ESPY award for courage. And they have taken it away from a soldier to give it to him. What in the world is wrong with our country? When we depart from the Word of God, we suffer the consequences of that departure. God's judgment being poured out? No, I think just the consequences of our sinfulness is being revealed. And it's being revealed right now. The world has walked away from God and God has allowed us that choice. We are living in the consequences of those choices. Now let me take just a moment here as I wrap this up to talk to the church for a moment. Christians talk about God's judgment as though they can't wait for it oftentimes. And I, and I caution you in that. There are those who long for His judgment because they come from a place of self-righteousness and believe God's judgment is an indirect way of them getting revenge on everyone they perceive as deserving what they get. I, I caution you. Not to get that heart that, that we long for people to get what they deserve. When you see these things happening in this world that you don't believe are right, 
I challenge you to first check your own heart before you check someone else's. That you engage the darkness through true relationship and spiritual warfare. Both of those things must be driven by love and driven by hope that they will respond to a forgiving and loving God. When I see Christians talk about God's judgment with a smile on their face, it upsets me. It it, it concerns me. Because I know they don't understand a key aspect of God's judgment. And this is the last point I want to make to you today. Is that judgment begins in the house of God. 1 Peter 4.17 says this, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. Judgment starts with the church. So before we look at the lives of sinners and relish the idea of what they will answer for, know that the church answers first. Know that we have to give the first account for what we have done with God and what we have done with God's Word. When prayerlessness and a lack of a heart for God's Word dominate the church scene, don't think that we won't give an account for those things. It starts with us. I believe we are living in the last days and I think that we see clear signs of those times. Let us not lose sight of our purpose and our calling in these darkened times. Let's not lose sight of our directives through God's Word. Let's be a saving station for the loss of this world and let's win them through compassion and the love of Jesus Christ. We want to bring conviction to the world not condemnation. There's a vast difference between the two. Conviction believes there is more for you and leaves you wanting more for yourself. But condemnation believes there is no hope and you have no chance for more. God has not called us to be a condemning people, but to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit to bring conviction in the lives of those that are lost and needing a Savior to redeem them and rescue them. Let this church, let this church walk in the love and convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Amber, would you come? Judgment begins at the house of God. So let's make sure that we put our lives in order and keep God central to all that we do. The longer the world continues, the less tolerant it is going to be for the truth. That's that's a fact. Christians have to choose now who they're going to serve. You have to make up your mind today who you're going to serve and who you're going to live for. 1 Peter 4.14 says, If you're abused because of Christ, count yourself fortunate. It's the Spirit of God and His glory in you that brought you to the notice of others. Verse 16, Don't give it a second thought. Be proud of the distinguished status reflected in that name. Let's be proud of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's represent Him well everywhere we go. Let's make sure that we always lead with love and compassion and mercy and speak of His grace before we ever speak of condemnation, judgment, or an eternity separated from Him. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. 
We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burke Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself face down on your shore. You say, Come to the river.